everyone. Welcome to my show. I didn't think I was going to do this tonight. I probably should wait until I can form a more coherent, less angry reaction, but here we are. I also have to wake up really early because I'm traveling tomorrow. My flight leaves at 6 a.m. So yeah, I have a lot of things that I could and should be doing right now, but I also know that I probably won't sleep unless I just do this. So I'm going to just do this. I want to talk about a situation that is close to me in some ways, close to people I care about. And I, there was one person whose blessing I wanted to get before I recorded this episode and talked about this on my podcast and he gave it to me. So other than that, I recognize that there are probably a lot of people who would be really unhappy with me doing this and I don't care. I I simply do not give a shit. So here I am. I am going to talk about a, a recent court decision not anything national, not anything not anything super relevant to anyone but me and the people I grew up with and the small town that I come from. But this is something that I have alluded to previously. It's something, it's behavior that I have talked about specifically relating to other people who exhibited similar behavior and got away with it. And it's just a really, really uncomfortable story. And here we have a situation where a person didn't get away with it. And I think that's fucking fascinating. And I want to talk about it. So today I'm ranting about a person that I grew up with who a few years ago now, I think it was in 2018, 2019, had an inappropriate relationship with a 16-year-old girl in the church where he was the youth pastor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was found guilty and he was sentenced two days ago. I think the sentence was really light. I think the judge had some pretty bullshit things to say, but we're going to get into it. Don't worry. And again, I recognize that this might cross the ears of someone who would be really unhappy with me talking about this so openly and so publicly. I'm going to be using real names. I'm going to be using real places. I'm going to be reading a, a news article word for word, so um, what I'm talking about is already out there in the public. I'm not going to speculate on anything. I'm going to share my opinion, certainly, but not on anything that's not in this article explicitly. I will be talking about this more in the future. I want to cover 
the whole case. I want to cover everything that came out of the trial. I want to cover the defense that was attempted. I will probably have someone very special to me on as a guest to talk about this with me. And I really look forward to that. But for now, we're going to just jump right into this article. And before I do, I just want to make it very clear that we are going to be talking about um, a child being groomed by an adult. I don't know how else to say it without being more explicit than that. So if that's uncomfortable for you um, to the point where you feel like you don't want to hear about it, please do sit this one out and I will catch you in the next one or save this one for when you might be able to handle it a little easier because it is it is pretty disgusting. So, all right, let's jump right in. And the article is linked below if you want to read it yourself and look further into this case. But the title is Fresno County Youth Pastor Sentenced to Prison for Relationship with 16-Year-Old Church Member. A former youth pastor in Kingsburg was sentenced Tuesday to serve one year in prison for having an inappropriate relationship with a 16-year-old church member. Luke Michael B.C., 30, was convicted in May on one felony charge of arranging a meeting with a minor for lewd or lascivious behavior and a misdemeanor charge of annoying, molesting any child under 18 years of age. So let that sink in. This 30-year-old motherfucker... A youth pastor at a church. Was charged with trying to arrange a meeting with a child for lewd or lascivious behavior. And you know what that means. We all know what that means. BC, who worked as a youth leader at Hope Kingsburg Church, began a secret relationship with the 16-year-old student that included sending her lingerie from Victoria's Secret, a sex toy, and condoms. BC, who is married, also requested that the teenager send him photos of herself in the lingerie. So, okay. I just want to be clear because the... And I don't, I don't fault the, the author of this article right here uh, at all, but... The wording was changed, okay? I want to be very clear. He was the youth pastor. He was not a youth leader. That implies that he was maybe like a volunteer or someone who just kind of helped out. He was the youth pastor. He was a paid staff member who oversaw all youth programming at this church. I also have an issue with the word with the use of the word relationship, a secret relationship that by default gives some agency to the child in this situation, and that's not the case. He was grooming a child. He was having inappropriate contact with a child. It wasn't a secret relationship. 
I also think it's really funny, and this is inappropriate, but I was laughing with some of my friends about this earlier. It's really fucking funny that um, the this very specific detail is that the lingerie was from Victoria's Secret. I mean, I'm sure that that's because like in the court documents, in the, in the evidence, there probably was receipts or something like that, um, maybe tags on whatever it was that he sent her. But we were laughing because nothing says mediocre evangelical man quite like thinking that Victoria's Secret is peak sexy. Uh, But anyway, um, a sex toy, that's gross. Not the sex toy itself. Remember, we're sex positive around here. But, But sending it to a child... And I'm not going to speculate. Remember, I'm not speculating here, but I have thoughts on on that and the fact that other photos were requested. Yeah, you can probably guess where I'm going with that. And and given the fact that he was charged with trying to set up a meeting with her, we can assume what the condoms were for. He was married after all. I mean, I think still is. I don't know. I don't fault his wife in any of this. The relationship, there's that word again but I'm reading it as is. The relationship lasted nearly eight months, beginning July 29th, 2018 and ending March 28th, 2019. BC was arrested on June 8th, 2020. And I remember when he was arrested because someone in my circle saw the news article about it. And we were all shocked I don't know disturbed I I don't I don't know it was it was just very very weird here's where things get really fucking interesting because let me remind you we have this 30 year old motherfucker who was having inappropriate contact with a child that included sending her lingerie and asking for pictures of her in it sending her an unspecified sex toy and sending her condoms while also planning to meet up with her. But here's how the article continues. During BC's sentencing hearing, Judge Alvin Harrell III, Harrell? I don't know. I don't care how you say his last name. I hope I'm saying it wrong. Judge Alvin Harrell III admitted to being torn over how to punish the former youth pastor for his crimes. Harold noted that he received many glowing letters in support of BC. Nearly a dozen family members and friends sat in the audience in support of BC. Family members described him as a selfless person who studied for years to become a pastor. And here's the thing, because like my friend pointed out, And actually, I'm going to read his text. Word for word, I'm going to read what he had to say about this. He said, As someone who's a part of the Justice Department, wouldn't you want to know more about the people supporting someone convicted of child crimes? And that is a great fucking point. Because I kind of do. I kind of do. Your friend, your family member... Your son, a 30-year-old who's married, not that that really makes it any better or worse, 
but he's married. He has a wife. He has a whole fucking wife. Was being inappropriate with a child. But oh, he was so selfless. And he just, he wanted to be a pastor so bad that he studied for years. Fuck off entirely. Every single one of those people who wrote a letter for this man are fucking disgusting. Because here's the thing. If I were ever asked to do that, there's no way in hell. I'll take it one further. I was asked to do that one time. And I said no. And that ended a friendship. That ended a that ended more like an acquaintance that I was already kind of on the rocks with. But there's no way in hell. Even if it was my best friend. Even if it was my brother. And that might make me sound like a cold person or you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, well, you, you, maybe, maybe if, it, if it happened, you would feel differently. If it was your brother, you'd want to... No, I wouldn't. I would want what's best for that person. I would want them to face consequences and get better and get the help that they clearly need and do better. I would never... And these people should be fucking ashamed of themselves for the rest of their pathetic lives. Every single fucking one of them. And if you happen to be listening to this and you were one of those people, yes, I am talking to you. I'm talking about you. I don't care who you are. Whew. But let's go on because it gets better. Believe it or not, it gets better. B.C. spoke briefly, offering an apology to his family and to the teenager who was also in the courtroom. I am sorry for the mistakes that I have made. This has been a trying time for me and my family, B.C. said. I made decisions I should not have made. I am so sorry. Is there something missing from that sentence, from that statement? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Eighteen words in is how long it takes him to bring up how this has affected him. Another friend of mine pointed out that nowhere in this statement does he apologize to the person he fucking preyed upon. His victim. He doesn't ever address her directly. And I'm trying to get my hands on the, the transcript from the whole trial. And if I do, that, that might come into play when I talk about this in more depth later on. Although I haven't decided. I, I know that court records are public, but um, I, I haven't decided how much, if I am able to get my hands on it, how much it'll come into play. But I'm curious. If this, if what he had to say was, was longer than this, 
if he did apologize directly to her, although I find that hard to believe that he he did because if if he had, it probably would have been included in in this in this writing in this written piece, especially because the the person who wrote this b- before including this this little snippet of what was said makes a comment that he he offered an apology to his family and to the teenager. Well, all I see right here is him talking about how hard things have been for him and his family. He doesn't he doesn't explicitly apologize to her at all. He says he's sorry, but that's right after he mentions how hard it's been for him and his family. So I would extrapolate from that that he's apologizing to his family, not her. And that's the exact same assumption that my friend made when she pointed out, wow, he didn't even fucking apologize to her. He didn't apologize to the child that he groomed and preyed upon. The article continues. The teenager had tears in her eyes as BC spoke. Yeah, I fucking bet she did. She chose not to speak, but others did on her behalf. Prosecutor Adam Christofferson said BC's actions violated the trust placed in him by the church, the young people he worked with, and the person he preyed on. Christofferson urged the judge to give BC prison time, not probation. This kind of conduct cannot be tolerated, Christofferson said. And you know what? He's fucking right, obviously. But here's the thing. I would go so far as to say it's not necessarily that his actions violated the trust placed in him by the church or the people that he worked with. I would say that Luke actively abused the trust that was placed in him. He actively abused his position. He took advantage of the fact that he had easy access to children. And you know what? It's like it's like I said to my mom earlier when we were talking about this. Predators don't become predators overnight. He'd had these thoughts before. Trust. He may not have ever acted on them, but this is not the first child he had thoughts like this about. And that I, I said I wasn't going to speculate, but but that's not necessarily speculating about him. That's just the reality of predators don't become predators overnight. Anyway, a friend of the victim said that many people in the church's youth community felt let down by BC, but hurt worst of all was her friend. You don't fucking say. What a stupid thing to say. I'm sorry. This isn't, oh, you let me down. This is, he preyed on a little girl in the church. Are you kidding me? Of course she was hurt. It has left her broken, she said. Yeah, I fucking bet it has. You know, there's a lot of talk right now about, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy with the movie. Fuck. Um, the guy with the, the underground network. <laughs> this is awful. This is awful. But there's that movie, um, something about freedom, and it's, and it's that guy with that organization that claims to do something about about child trafficking but there it's like in reality a super problematic organization and he has zero credibility and 
yeah, they're, they're, they're all talking about how there's like some conspiracy because Disney bought the rights to the movie and then shelved it. Well, yeah, no fucking shit. He has zero credibility. I would have shelved it too. It's also probably a terrible fucking movie. But anyway, um, there's all this talk on the right. Like they really fucking like to talk about how, you know, child predators are everywhere and you have to be careful and stranger danger and all that. Majority of the time... The person who preys on the children is the person you trust with your children. The person who you let around your children. The person who your children are vulnerable with or vulnerable around. And this is a perfect example of that. I will say it again. He abused the fact that he had easy access to children. He didn't let the church down. He didn't hurt people. That softens the blow. He's a fucking predator. But uh, don't worry, because it gets even better. The judge acknowledged the good work BC has done. I can't even say that with a straight face. The judge acknowledged the good work BC has done while also recognizing the emotional trauma he has inflicted. I'm not here to say what a monster he is. Well, I'll fucking say it. He's a fucking monster. I'm not here to say what a monster he is. Harrell Harrell said, he is a good man, he is a bright man, but he is also a man who knew better than to engage in the actions that he did. Are you fucking kidding me? This man is on trial for preying on a child. And you make a point to acknowledge the good things that he's done in his life? Fuck off. Fuck off. What was better, sending her the Victoria's Secret or sending her the fucking dildo? Which one was worse, dude? Honestly, I'm not here to say what a monster he is. I'll fucking say he's a monster because that's what he is. He, he knew better than to engage in the actions that he did. Clearly fucking not. Because of assholes like this judge, he probably figured he'd get away with it. Honestly. He's a good man. Clearly not. He's a bright man. Clearly not. What's good? What's good about this guy? What good has he done? Maybe that'll be in the court documents too. Who the fuck knows? I'm sure that they fucking tried it. I'm sure that they sat up there with the laundry list of supposed good things that he's done. But to what end? It doesn't matter. It still got him close to the children. It still got him close to this girl, close enough to manipulate her into this quote-unquote relationship. Fuck off. Fuck all the way off. Harold said BC was careful to conceal what he was doing because he knew it was criminal. Yeah, that's usually what criminals fucking do, you idiot. Are you kidding me? 
He was careful to conceal what he was doing because he knew it was criminal. Um, yeah, he was also probably concealing it because she was literally a child and he was married. Disgusting. Disgusting. This is, this is like a microcosm of fucking Brock Turner. You asked her to take pictures of herself in the lingerie, Harold said. That is completely inappropriate. That's inappropriate? Oh, but sending it to her was fine? Setting up the meeting with her, trying to get her to, to meet up with him was fine? But this, this is where you draw the line? This is where it's inappropriate? As my mom pointed out, and, and we don't know, we, we don't know because we don't have the full picture of what happened in the trial and what evidence there was and wasn't, but if she sent him the pictures, that's, that's what we used to call CP, but I've noticed that folks in the true crime circles, at least those that are, are respectful and empathetic, actually don't call it that anymore because it's a misnomer porn implies that to some extent you're you're an adult and you're a willing participant although we can have a whole conversation about that maybe we will someday but what it's what it is more more realistically child sex abuse material and and if if she had taken pictures of herself and and actually sent them to him like he requested that's what he would have in his possession. Um, but again, I, I'm not going to get into all that because I don't have, I, I don't know, I don't know. And we, well, I only have what's here in this article. I'm not going to speculate more than I already have, even though I said I wasn't going to at all. So anyway, um, it's inappropriate that that uh, he asked her to take pictures of, him, of herself. Um, don't know why of all the things that's what he pointed out and that's what was included in this article. But here we are. BC was sentenced to one year in prison and must register as a sex offender, Harold said. Well, thank fucking God. At least he did something kind of right. I don't know what the maximum sentence was. I don't know what, I don't know what the prosecution was asking for. But a year in prison um, sounds like a, a decent start, I, I suppose. The judge also denied a motion by BC's attorney, Kendall Simsarian, for a new trial. Well, this trial dragged on and on. Um, I mentioned the dates. The dates when the relationship happened were 2018 through 2019. Luke was taken into custody in 2020. And the trial has, has I think it started in like maybe late 2020, early 2021, if I remember correctly. So the, the trial has, has really, really dragged on. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. When, when we take a deeper look at this, we'll get into all of that. But... Yeah, no new trial. And then here is... <laughs> this article has been a fucking shit show of just one horrible thing after another where you think it can't get any worse and somehow it does. Here's the shit cherry on top of the shit Sunday. Are you ready for this? Although the judge ordered BC be taken into custody immediately... He allowed him to turn himself in on Friday. 
Yes, you read that right. You Do you hear that, Fresno County? Do you hear that, Kingsburg? This judge, what was his name? Something Harrell? Vernon Harrell? I don't remember. Something like that. Is allowing a convicted sex offender to wander the streets for three days? Let's see. The sentencing happened on Tuesday. I'm recording this on Thursday. And, and uh, he was supposed to be taken into custody immediately. But the judge said, you know what? Go have fun for a few days. Just turn yourself in on Friday. That's delightful. I think that right there sums up just how little this judge cares. Just how little of a shit he gives about the people he supposedly serves. But good job. Good job protecting the fucking predator. A year is as good as a slap on the wrist, although it's better than fucking probation. And like my mom said, he has to register as a sex offender for life, and that will follow him for life. That will follow him everywhere. He will never be able to outrun that. He will never be able to remove that from his identity. So so Luke BC, you are a fucking sex offender. You fucking predator. You fucking asshole. You want to know what's really fucking funny? And this is where I'm going to end this because I'm actually feeling a little bit better and I'm actually feeling a little bit tired and I have to get up at 3.30 so I can make it to the airport in time. What's really fucking funny is I'm not ready to, to explain my connection to this person, but we grew up together, that much I'll say, as evidenced by what I'm probably titling this episode. You can figure that much out. The last conversation I had with Luke BC, we were arguing um, essentially about the right of queer people to exist in this country. And that was long before I came out as pansexual, as queer myself. I had no idea that that was part of my identity, but I knew that that was part of the identity of a lot of people I love very much. And the last words that he said to me, the last words that Luke B.C., registered sex offender, fucking felon, said to me were, I'll pray for you. And a couple points I have to rebut that. One, it's hilarious to me that Luke, you might have a problem with queer people, but babe... Guess who ended up on the not a drag queen subreddit? It was you, honey, because you're not a drag queen, are you? They're supposedly the problem, right? You're not a drag queen, but you are a fucking predator. You're a fucking convicted sex offender. And two, Lukey, Luke, babe, have fun in prison. I'll pray for you. Later, guys. I'm going to Napa and going to get drunk on wine tomorrow. Bye.